Welcome to the Chad Cargill ACT Test Prep Podcast, coming to you from the Ollie Ray Ranch in Choctaw, Oklahoma. It's great to be with you for episode 28, What Top High School College and Career Counselors Say to Mentors, Students, and Parents. My goal is to give practical tips to help you increase ACT scores, qualify for college, and win those much-needed scholarships. We'll talk colleges, careers, and most of all, test-taking strategies and tips. Well, if you're struggling through the qualification, scholarship, the whole process of all that, you may wonder what those top college and career counselors tell their students. Or maybe you're a counselor, you're responsible for a million different things. You're responsible for seniors, but also juniors, sophomores, freshmen, and you're having to do it all. Or maybe you're a parent out there. You're trying to help your student get those scholarships or qualified. And you're like, I just want more resources. I want more information. Well, if that's you, this episode is a must listen. Today, I'm so excited to have two of the top high school, college, and career counselors on with us. And Tulsa Union High School is one of the largest high schools in Oklahoma. They have an amazing college and career counseling center. And when you walk in there, uh, the facility is amazing. The people are amazing. And so today, for this episode, I have Emily Ashley and Shanda Gibson on with us, and they're going to share just a wealth of information. Now, this episode is going to be a little bit longer than some that we've had, and Shanda and Emily and I, we laughed about that quite a bit during the interview, Um, but there's just so much great information here, and these ladies just love to help students and parents, and you're going to see that in the interview um, just as you're listening you're going to, you're going to hear that and you're going to hear their love of what they do and helping students. And one thing I really like about this interview is they're going to be very upfront with you and say, look, we've only been doing this so many years. There's a lot we still have to learn. And I'm hoping that as you listen to this episode, you're going to pick up all these great little nuggets of information. And then as they would advise, and I would advise, you need to lean on your high school counselor, talk to your high school counselor and your high school teachers, because they have a wealth of information. And the more you talk to them and the more they get to know you, the better they're going to be able to help you. And then you'll also hear us address when the college reps come to your high school and you can lean on them as well. But this episode is going to cover a lot of different topics. And some of those questions that you may have, you're probably going to hear it. uh, You'll hear some of those mentioned in the episode. Now, if you enjoy this episode, let me ask you, to leave a short review. So whatever app you're listening on, like if you're on the Apple Podcast app, click that five star, leave a very short review. And I I know in the past I've asked you to do that, but if you really would on this one, it would be great because each one of these, I'm gonna share with Emily and Shanda. I want them to get to see what you said and uh, it'd be a great way for you to say thank you to them. They, they spent a lot of time with me uh, recording this, and they stayed after school to do this, and so that, that was sacrificial time from their family, and uh, if you could just do that, it would be amazing, and I'll have this posted on the Chad Cargo Workshops Facebook page as well, where you could leave a comment there also, and uh, if you enjoyed it, um, maybe just, you know, their, their social media links we'll put out there as well. You could, you could obviously uh, send them a thank you. Now, in this interview, they're going to mention some websites, some resources that they use when they mentor students and help students and parents. They're going to be mentioning um, some different things that uh, you may want to check out. And so all of the links will be 
uh, in the show notes. And make sure you go to that. You can go to podcast.chadcargo.com. And this is, again, episode 28. And you can click on that and get those and uh, read those those links. And then if you click on those, uh, you'll be able to find out some of this information that they share with their students or Instagram or whatever social media platform you like. So follow the Tulsa Union College and Career Center. And again, I'll have that in the show notes, but uh, you'll be able to keep up with some of the things that they advise their students and parents. Now, I'll be back at the end of the episode. I'll come on to summarize the episode. And one thing they're going to ask me to do is share how you can attend my workshop at Tulsa Union High School. They've got that on their site where you'll be able to register and attend. It's one of the only evening classes that I do anywhere in the country. And I've been doing that for them for years. And so it's a way that you don't have to check out a school, miss school, and uh, you can come. They have a huge, beautiful college and career center where you'll be able to attend. So we'll have that at the end of the episode. Uh, I'll cover that. And that is something they asked me to do. And so let's get right to it. You're going to love them. Hopefully you're going to gain quite a bit and ways that you can improve your journey and things that can help your students qualify, win scholarships and find those great careers. All right. So let's get started. I'll be back with you at the end of the episode. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Shanda and Emily. I'm so glad you guys were able to join. Hey, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Well, let's start out with introducing to the people who are listening a little bit about your roles at Tulsa Union. And I've already done a little bit of introduction of you, but I want you to specifically talk about what each of you do there, how your roles might be different or the same, and uh, tell a little bit about the high school as well. I've tried to introduce that already, that a large high school, you may have issues that some other counselors may not, but just go ahead and talk a little bit about what you do and uh, whichever one of you want to start, that would be great. My name is Shanda Gibson and I am a college and career advisor here at Union High School uh, in our college and career center. I started out as an English teacher. This will be my 22nd year in education. And, um, 20 of those, 19 probably, of those I was in the classroom as an English teacher. I am responsible for helping students with everything that deals with college and career readiness. My name is Emily Ashley, and I do a the exact same thing that Shanda does here at Union High School. I'm also a college and career advisor. We actually split our alphabet. So um, I handle half of our students and Shanda is responsible for the college advising for the other half of our students. I came to Union in about 2014. I started with the district in a program called the Carrera Adolescent Pregnancy Prevention Program, was doing college and career readiness type of work with that program and then transitioned into this role um, in 2018. This will be my third year as a college advisor here at the school. And so do you guys pick up your students when they become seniors? No, actually, we are responsible for them the second they come to Union High School as a sophomore. So our district has 10th, 11th, and 12th grade together in this building. And ideally, we would start with them in ninth grade, but we just haven't figured out how to even really handle a caseload of over 500 seniors for each of us, not to mention 1,500 10th through 12th graders. Um, so we haven't quite 
made it down to the ninth grade as much as we should. Sure. How many kids will graduate this year from Union High School? Those numbers vary a little bit, but usually we graduate around 1,100 to 1,200 students each year. Yeah. And I know that just blows people's minds right now. I was teaching a class up in Northwest Oklahoma and I was at a tech center and the, uh, uh, the counselor there told me, uh, Miss Kane, she's just amazing, amazing lady. And she says, now look at this. This is a big one here. They brought their entire senior class and one student walked in the door. So, I mean, you can, uh, Oh my gosh. (laughs) I know. So anyway, uh, Uh, yeah, uh, I I can't imagine my entire high school was 1200 students. So, uh, no, we took all of our students off campus last year for a senior conference, just kind of focused on college and career readiness. And it took us, I think, 26 buses to get them all there. And that was a logistical feat if I've ever seen one. So yeah, there's a lot of kids here, but we, we love it that way. You know, our, our senior class is bigger than some colleges, which is funny. Us. Incredible. Well, let's let's go through just uh, real briefly, if you would, your background. Uh, let's talk about um, what high schools you went to, where you went to college, just kind of a little bit of your background, uh, your road that you took to get into this education business. Okay, well, I'll, I'll start with that since I'm the older of the two. Um, I am from Mississippi. I moved to Oklahoma in 2016. I graduated from South Panola High School in 1990. Um, one little... Uh, I was six years old in 1990. <laughs> 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 one uh, little fun fact I will give about South Panola is that in 2010, they were the national football champs. Um, so my oldest son has a national championship ring as well as two other state championships. So South Panola, um, was king of football in Mississippi, um, because they have about 13 state championships. Once I left South Panola, I went to community college before going to the University of um, the University of Mississippi. Uh, my beloved Ole Miss. I majored in broadcast journalism and I minored nice. in English. Well, you got a great voice for that. That, that makes sense. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew all along that I was supposed to be in education, but as a teenager, who wants to be a teacher? And I didn't, um, but I knew that I was supposed to. I graduated from Ole Miss in 1994. I worked a little bit of Christian radio in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, nice. Loved it, totally loved it, but then just knew that it was not what I was supposed to do. I tried to move up in some different positions and I I did, but as much as I loved it, there was still just an uneasiness about not doing what I was supposed to. So long story short, in 1998, I went back to school to get my certification to teach. I did all of that through an alternate route program during that summer. And in August, I had a job and I haven't looked back and I absolutely love it. Um, It's my calling and I can't see myself doing any other type of job that's not in some form of education. Love it. Emily. 
Yeah, so I grew up in Iowa, um, the great state of Iowa, where we have a lot of corn and soybeans, pigs. Um, I did not grow up on a farm, in case anyone's wondering. That's the question I always get, (laughs) um, which I think is funny in a place like Oklahoma that has a lot of rural communities. Like, we're really not that different from Iowa, but yet they think I probably grew up on a farm. So you can edit all that out. That was just a side note. Um, so I, I grew up in Iowa. That. I went to Bettendorf High School, um, graduated there in 2002. Um, I went on to Iowa State University, go Cyclones, where yeah. I got my bachelor's degree in psychology and a minor in child and family services. So I was kind of thinking I would go the social work type of route. Um, have always kind of had a heart for that. Ended up working for an international ministry and missions agency out of Iowa. Did ministry work for several years until I moved to Oklahoma in 2011. Um, Came here so that I could start my master's degree at ORU. I have a master's in divinity and have been here ever since. I never honestly planned on being in education, but um, kind of the common thread of my life since even high school has been, I've always found myself working with uh, underserved populations, especially teenagers and families. And so it seems like no matter where I go, I just kind of end up there. And so I honestly kind of stumbled into the position at Union. I applied for one thing and they said, oh, well, we've got this other opening that we think you'd be great for. So I came on with that pregnancy prevention program, realized I Number one, love working in schools. Number two, I love the college and career readiness piece of of what I do. And so um, just kind of ended up here, honestly. Like this was not a plan. I never thought, oh, I want to go work for a school, be a teacher. Never, never thought about any of that. But um, I love what I do. And so I'm really, really thankful to get to be in a position where I get to work with students every day, work with their families, and see them do some pretty incredible stuff. So that's a little bit about my journey. Well, let's let's dive right into some of the questions I've, I've got for you. And uh, let, this one is definitely timely in that you're about to start school. I know you guys even did an online uh, thing where people had to say if they were going to go virtual, if they were going to come to class. And so I, I'd love for you just to address what, what challenges are you guys seeing? What challenges are your students facing due to this whole COVID mess? And how are you guys handling that? What, what, what are you guys seeing with your, with your student population? I don't know. This is kind of a broad answer, but I think one of the biggest things our kids are facing right now and, and, and parents as well is just the uncertainty of what this next year is going to look like. Um, sure. You know, that upheaval that we experienced back in March and, and going on into the summer hasn't necessarily stopped. And there's just so much uncertainty, lack of clarity, uh, anxiety surrounding what's coming. And I think that yeah. is, um, in addition to all of the logistical barriers that we face as a school district and especially a district of our side in just pulling off distance learning as well as in-person learning, Um, I know our administration has been working hard to work through those things. I think beyond that, the bigger barrier is getting students into a frame of mind where they're ready to learn and to to do school when it starts here in two weeks for us. Um, I think that mental and emotional strain has been um, pretty taxing for our kids. And so they're still kind of working through 
that and then to be able to come and put those things aside um, so they can focus on learning will probably take them some time. And to kind of expound on some of that, just how do we even keep those relationships going? Because if we have so many students who are attending their classes virtually, how are we connecting with them? Um, yes. You know, we have we have all of the technology, all of the resources, but sometimes students just are not plugged in. And that's that's something that really weighs on me is being able to make sure that we can definitely reach every student that we need to, regardless of the circumstances. Yeah, man, it's a great point you bring up about relationships, because you know, when, when people think of, you know, like a college and career counselor or high school counselor, there is so much involved in that. I mean, the, the, the paperwork alone blows my mind when I watch what you ladies do, but then there's just so much about the relationship side of it. It's a, that's an all encompassing job and, and one that I know would be difficult with uh, not being able to see the kids face to face and not, you know, sometimes there's just something about you can sense something's not right here when you're with them. And so, I know that that can be uh, right. a big advantage yeah. and a big role of what you do. What about um, taking ACT tests? Are, are you guys, are you a test center? Uh, do you, are you a, a testing site? And I know that you know, if anybody knows, ACT is a mess right now. Their whole registration system has been down. People have been on hold forever. What, what are you guys seeing, hearing? What are you advising your students there? It is a mess. Um, we are definitely a testing center. Um, and as you know, ACT has added in more test dates. As far as I know right now, we, we are giving those tests, but not every single one of those tests. Um, students are, they're anxious because we weren't able to give the spring SAT that the state pays for and every junior is allowed to take it for free. Um, so they're, they're struggling a little bit. Um, so trying to calm their nerves and make sure that they're, you know, eligible for those waivers to take it and everything is just a real big mess, but it's really helpful that a lot of colleges are test optional when it comes to admission. So once they hear that, you can, and if it's a Zoom call, you can see like the stress kind of roll off and they, they, they take a deep breath. I was like, okay, see, you can do this. Everything's going to be fine. But then there's this. ACT has to get that figured out soon. It's, it's not okay that students cannot get registered. They can't find test sites. I don't know how they're going to fix that, but it certainly needs to be uh, fixed. That's very right. Soon. That's right. And colleges are having to, you know, reevaluate the way they do admissions and testing based on what ACT is doing. So right. the sooner right. they get it figured out, the better we're able to help our students through those college um, admission rep um, opportunities. No doubt. I had on a previous episode, Dr. Jeannie Webb, who is president of Rose State Junior College. And one thing that we talked about in our discussion was about the college reps visiting the high schools. And we really emphasize to the listeners, to the parents and students, that when a college rep comes to campus, comes to a high school campus, it is crucial that students engage, that students go talk to the rep. My questions 
uh, that my, really my question I want to get with you guys here is what are the college reps telling you? What do they say to you that they go, man, I really like the way you do this, or I really like when the students say or do, and what do they not like? So just from the perspective of the listener, the, there's a lot of parents out there, a lot of students listening. What do you want to tell those students and those parents is crucial that they must do when college reps come to campus? That's a really good question. Um, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about it's really crucial that students engage with their college reps. Um, I would say to parents, please allow or urge your your student to be the one that's making that contact and building that relationship. Um, at this point in the process, when students are seniors, um, you know, sometimes parents, it's great to be involved. We want parents involved, but you really need to let your student take the lead on that um, and allow them to do that thing. Um, admissions representatives want to talk to parents, especially when it comes to things like explaining financial aid and things like that. But they honestly don't want to be hearing from parents when it comes to things like the student's application or sending their transcript. Um, so I would say the engagement is really crucial. Um, college representatives and admissions counselors want to know students. I mean, I can't speak for all college admissions counselors, but I know the ones we have here at Union are absolutely incredible. And they're here truly to help students. And I have not come across a single college representative that had any other intention other than to help students, regardless of where that student ends up. You know, our yeah. Oklahoma State representative is happy to help any kid, even if they end up at OU and vice versa. You know, they're really not as um, territor territorial, I think you would say, as maybe yeah. you would expect. They really want to be able to help, but they can't do that if the student's not advocating for themselves, if they're not reaching out, if they're not asking questions, asking for appointments to meet with them. Um, they love one-on-one -on -one contact and honestly, they thrive on it um, just like yes. we do here at the high school. And so, um, you know, like you said, that engagement is really crucial. And the more they know you, the better they are at being able to find opportunities for you at their school. I can't tell you how many times, you know, we've had a, an admissions representative say, hey, you know, I, I submitted this student's name into consideration for this really selective scholarship or opportunity um, that, you know, isn't something that students just normally get automatically considered for, but it's the counselors have to actually either submit a name or they sit on a committee that's part of those opportunities for students. And they do that because that student has taken the time to get to know them. Um, and, you know, that takes uh, self-advocacy. It takes intentionality. Right. And those yes. things are just really important. And we talked about that in that episode. Um, you know, a lot of those reps, they're on those committees. They're the ones, like you said, actually recommending yeah. who should receive stuff. And if they know who you are, you got a big leg up. People always say, well, I just, I just need a break. You know, it's, uh, I really want that job. But people say, well, you got to know somebody. Well, guess what? We have an opportunity to get to know those college reps because they are standing at a table yeah. staring at students walking by going, please come talk to me. We had a student last year who received a scholarship to a, a state school here in Oklahoma uh, worth $10,000 a year. That's 
$40,000 over the next four years. And the reason she got it was because the admissions representative, you know, said, hey, I really think this student would be a great contender for this foundation scholarship that they had to give away. And so she received it. And that wouldn't have happened if she hadn't initially reached out and had that one-on-one appointment with her. Well, this is a little bit tougher question here. It's on parents' expectations. So I'm going to use an analogy. Uh, my son Camden, who has uh, just finished his sophomore year of college, going to his junior year, really good football player. Um, you know, had had some college offers, and you know, a, a lot of people. I hear a lot of people say, "Well, the coach just won't help them," you know, or the coach just won't. Well, the coaches can only do so much. And what I found is, is he had to get out there and he had to get to the right camps and he had to let them seem and he had, you know, it it was a team effort. And so now I'm going to take that analogy to the college and career counseling job. And I'm sure as with about every counselor out there, you get blamed sometimes for kids not winning scholarships or, well, why didn't the counselor tell me this? And this certainly isn't a a question to start, uh, you know, bashing on parents or whatever, but it is one to simply give an opportunity for possibly you to talk about what are reasonable expectations for parents of their college and career counselors. And I know it varies by school and the size of the school and the number of students you're trying to support or represent, but let's just talk in general about what are reasonable expectations for parents to have of you and what do you guys need the parents and the students to do to kind of partner with you in this process? Like Emily said, this is our third year going into this position. So we are still learning. We, you know, and Emily has been here longer than I have, but there are still so many things that we ourselves don't know about Oklahoma and Oklahoma schools. So we are, we are learning. And just as we are learning, students have to do the same thing. There are, there are just parts of this whole process where students have to do the research for themselves. Yes. Because they can ask us the question and we are doing the same exact thing. We are doing the research. Um, I'll, I'll give this example. Um, a student emailed earlier and said, hey, can I get those SAT dates uh, for the SAT? I did not send the dates, but I sent the website and I was like, you can find them here. So it's yes. about giving them the tools that they can use in order to figure out some of those things on their own. Now, you know, don't get me wrong. Yes, there are times where we really have to do some digging and find out information to give that to the students. But when it's simple things or something that they really need to go through the process um, themselves, they just need to do it because they're going to, and, and I'm coming from the classroom teacher standpoint, they're going to remember it. They're going to um, be able to apply it to other learning in that college application process. So when it comes to um, what we do here, we are more so of, and I'm I'm losing my words, but we are more so to guide them through the process and not just hand them every single thing. That's good. I think there's so much value in the process um, because it's not all about the end result. 
when it comes to finding a college, applying to college and walking through that process. Yes, it's about where do you end up, but for students, it's also about what do you learn about yourself along the way. Um, and so that process of exploring schools, thinking about what do you want in a college, what are you interested in, what's important yeah. to you, um, that's all ways that students learn about themselves. And that's a lot of what college is about, right? And that process begins in high school of getting to know yourself, who you are, you know, what is important to you, what your values are, um, and where you see yourself going. And so I think if we hand that to students or parents, we kind of do them a disservice. Um, it's definitely easier, sure. honestly, to just hand a student information and give them all the answers, but we kind of have to allow them and even force them sometimes to walk through that process. Um, that makes sense. So I think, definitely. you know, we're, I heard, I heard somebody use this analogy in another context that I was working in one time, so I can't take credit for it, but, um, we're kind of like a Sherpa, I think is the word, you know, like <laughs> you're the guide that goes up the mountain. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so students have this mountain to climb, right? This mountain of post-secondary attainment. We're going to walk that with you. Like we're going to go on the journey with you. And that's really what we do is, especially throughout a student senior year, we're going on the journey with them and we're going to walk alongside them and we're going to guide them, but they have to do the climb themselves right? Like we can't carry them. We can't pull them in a sled. I, you know what I mean? Like we're just the Sherpa. We're the guide. We're the expert who's has been on this route before. And so we'll help you get there if you're willing to take the journey with us. So what are some great programs out there that students and parents don't really know about? And again, on this now, we've got listeners all over the country. Um, we're going to have, you know, I, I do the workshop all through the Midwest. Um, in your home state, Emily, uh, a few times uh, every year. Awesome. And so uh, go I'll go to morning, Morningside, Western Iowa Tech, I'm in Sioux City uh, for workshops every year. And uh, But anyway, we, we've got people listening from all over. And so just a, a general question here. What are some programs that you guys know about? They can be local, they can be national, whatever, that you wish everyone knew about, but maybe they don't. Yeah, so there's two that come to mind for me pretty quickly. Um, the first is College Point Advising. Um, and this is a program that students who qualify based on income, um, and I think there might be like a minimum GPA requirement as well, but they can get paired up with a personal advisor. And a lot of times it's a, either a recent graduate, a recent college graduate, or a student who's still in college at um, a more selective or higher achieving university. Um, they get partnered with this advisor and that person helps walk them through the college application process. So looking at different schools, um, what might be a good fit for them. They help with essays and things like that. And it's a very personal one-on-one -on -one type of scenario where that advisor just is partnered with one advisee. And I think the thing I really like about it is um, as much as we would love to be able to do that for our students, every single one of them, um, us as well as every other counselor here in across the country, really, school counselors, I mean, caseloads are just way too big to make that happen. Like, I can't give the individual attention to every student that I would like. And so for those students who maybe are from a lower income background, 
but are good students and high achieving students, it's a really great resource and it's absolutely free. Let, let me pause you right there on yeah. that. So is that something that's available to all high school students if they meet that criteria, the income and the GPA? Yeah, it is. And you can just find them online, College Point Advising. Um, we follow them on Instagram and they are always posting really helpful tips and resources and things like that. So definitely something for students to check out. Okay. And that's great to know. And I will put that into the show notes. So anyone who is listening, you can go to the show notes and you will find a link to that site and you'll be able to determine if you qualify. And if so, definitely um, consider signing up for that. I'll also have that posted um, with this episode. I'll, when I post it on the Chad Cargill Workshops Facebook page, you'll be able to click on that and pull up those show notes or just podcast.chadcargill.com. So we will have that listed All right, let's go to your next uh, idea. You said you had a couple. Yeah. Yeah, my second one, and and Shanda was sitting across from the desk from me saying and mouthing the exact same answer, um, is College Essay Guy. Um, So his name is actually Ethan Sawyer, but he goes by the College Essay Guy. And he has a website, collegeessayguy.com that has so many great resources for students when it comes to preparing their personal statement or even supplemental essays for their college applications. Um, He has some free resources. He has some programs that students might have to pay for. But then he also has a scholarship where um, students who are of lower income backgrounds can apply and access his resources and his courses for free, um, which is great. You know, here at Union, about 75% of our students um, qualify for free or reduced lunch. So a lot of our students don't have the resources to go out and access these programs or advisors that cost a lot of money when it comes to college access. And so we're always looking for free things. And so College Essay Guy um, does a great job. He has YouTube videos. He has exercises that kind of help students walk through the process of um, crafting a personal statement or a college essay. And so he's kind of our go-to whenever students ask for help on their essays. We're like, Hey, check out this website first and then come back to us and we'll, we'll go from there. Well, we'll put a link to him as well in the show notes. And so everyone can check out some of his resources. That would be great. And Shanda, if you would on, on this answer, can you also maybe address on the scholarship side, what are some great scholarships out there or scholarship programs out there that maybe students and parents don't know about or, you know, haven't ever heard of or consider. Yeah, that's a, that's a wide open one there. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, we've got a little card that we're peeking at. You know, when we are looking at scholarships, we really, I mean, most of our students stay in state. So a lot of those scholarships are scholarships that are for Oklahoma students. Um, so like on that as in that aspect are community foundations. Um, yes. Um, OCCF.org, TulsaCF.org, and CFOK.org are awesome resources for scholarships. Uh, the thing I like about those particular uh, websites is that students can set up an account and they can save scholarship info and, you know, kind of keep a timeline of when those are due and they can do really good searches. Um, And we have students who 
walk away with money from those. And, and I think one thing that's really important uh, about that is for students to realize that most of the time they're not going to get a full ride somewhere. It's those $500 scholarships, those $1,000, even two and five thousands that stack up that causes them to be able to go through their four years of college or more without having to pay, you know, an exorbitant amount of money. They think they're going to get the big one and it just doesn't happen. It's all of those smaller ones that add up. And I know this bothers you as much as it does me, but when a student says, oh, that's only a $2,000 scholarship or that's only a $700 scholarship, I'm not applying for that one. It blows my mind. I said, like, do you know how many exactly. hours that is exactly. working that part-time job? And then if you that's don't right. make I mean, that money you know, now, with oh. $2,000, that's, that's even, you know, your books for a couple of semesters if you're, if you're lucky. I mean, come on, people. <laughs> I yeah, would rather yeah. take the scholarship for 2000 to pay for my books than have to pull it out of my own pocket. So apply for yes. those smaller scholarships. And, and, you know, that's another thing. When students have that mindset, sometimes those scholarships just sit there. We had, we had some scholarships this past semester that went unused. Because students just did not take us up on the offer. You know, we go to all of these um, college, um, these high school career advisor, college advisor, uh, counselor workshops and um, lunches and things. And they give money away. And that gives us an opportunity to say, hey, you know, we have this scholarship, but you need to do this for it. And we had a few that... You know, we had to email the college rep and say nobody applied. So you can go back and listen to episodes 13, 14, 15, and 16. That was my four-part series that I did on scholarships. And I think it was episode 13, uh, part one of four on scholarships, Show Me the Money, where I told the story of the scholarship program that I started and ran for many years through, for my alma mater, Hera High School, the only criteria that we had uh, was you had to graduate from Hera and you had to attend an in-state college or university. That was the only criteria we had. We were giving away multiple thousand dollar scholarships. And the last year I ran the program was the year we did not get a single applicant. And we just uh, it, literally, oh if gosh. someone would have signed his name and turned it in, he would have automatically won a thousand dollars. And we had multiple to give, not a single applicant. The previous year we had one applicant. So I finally just said, you know, if that's how important it is. I'll find another way to give money away. But, uh, Anyway, I know what you mean by that. What do you wish every freshman or what do you wish every senior knew or understood going into high school? So if we had to just say, man, it would be great if every freshman that came in knew this, like, man, if they just had this on their mind or man, I just wish every senior that came through here, you know, knew this or had already accomplished this, you know, or did this, what, what would that be? Let's start with the freshman year. So for freshmen, and this probably for the type of people who listen to your podcast, they're going to be like, well, that's a no brainer. But honestly, (laughs) the thing I wish freshmen knew was your grades now count and they stay on your transcript. For some reason, it seems to take freshmen, not all freshmen, but more than it should, um, a whole year to figure out that, oh, these, these grades are now permanent. 
if I fail a class, it stays on my transcript. This isn't like yes. middle school. Um, so I think just knowing that number one, your grades are permanent, they affect your GPA, and number two, that that GPA really does matter. And that year, yes. even a semester, can make a really big difference down the road. If you blow it for a semester because you're not plugged in or just kind of had decided you're not ready to care yet about your GPA, um, that can be pretty consequential later on when you're applying to colleges and you know want to go somewhere, but you screwed around freshman year and now you're um, yeah. your GPA isn't where it could be. So again, yeah. I know the people who listen to your podcast are probably more high achieving than that and are all over the grades or whatever. But I think just knowing every little bit, it counts. The other thing I would say to freshmen is getting involved is so important. We have some really high achieving students who wait until junior or senior year even to start getting involved in something. And if you have ambitions to um, go to any type of selective school, that's far too late to start getting involved. I've seen students, you know, oh, I'm going to start a club my senior year. Okay, well, by the time sure. you get it started, you've already submitted your college applications. It's yeah. not going to do that much good. So getting involved in extracurricular activities, uh, serving your community, and then looking for ways to really focus in on staying involved throughout high school and taking leadership roles in those areas, um, I think is the other really crucial piece for students who are freshmen, especially if they're high achieving and want to focus just on their grades. Um, those good grades aren't going to be enough senior year if you don't have anything else to show that you're, you know, well-rounded and can contribute to a campus community. Yeah, and I want to do a quick follow-up on what you said there. What math classes to take in high school was episode five that I did, um, and I'm going quite. A, I'm going almost six months back on that. But uh, uh, what math class to take in high school? I addressed this GPA issue, and uh, just for clarification, if if you would. When do those classes actually start counting? Because if I'm in the eighth grade and I take Algebra 1, that actually is going to go on my high school transcript, correct? If you would, just verify that, clarify that for any parents and students that may be listening. Yeah. So my understanding is that it does go on your transcript. We see it on the transcript. It stays. But that grade from eighth grade or even, you know, if you for some reason took a class in seventh grade to get credit, high school credit, I don't even know if they offer that. But anyway, eighth grade for sure. Um, that grade doesn't count towards your high school GPA because it's not earned within really? the ninth through 12th grade, but it does go on your transcript. So colleges will at least see that you took algebra one, you know, in eighth grade or whatever it is that you took algebra one, Spanish, et cetera. So you get that high school credit, but it doesn't count towards your GPA. Okay. Well, I have misspoken then uh, because I thought that did apply. So I'm learning something new and that's why you're here. <laughs> I, I will uh, I will fact check myself with our counselors tomorrow. And if I'm wrong, okay. I'll just tell you to edit that whole part out. But I'm 98% <laughs> sure somebody told me that once. Okay. Well, let's go to the senior side of this. Uh, Shanda, what's your thoughts? The first is to start early. Um, don't wait until the second semester of your senior year to start applying. Um, most schools, as you know, are going to have a priority deadline and the money is there for those scholarships. Um, they could be totally worthy and meet all of the qualifications for scholarships later. But if the money is gone because you waited until March 
to decide to apply to a school, you're, you're not going to get anything. Um, so start early. Don't procrastinate. Um, another piece of advice I would give is to stay connected. And when I say stay connected, check your email. Um, I know that sounds very lame and like <laughs> that's advice. Yes, it definitely is because there are things that we send out to students, you know, via email or through our social media. And sometimes it's a deadline and they miss it and they want to be able to forgo that deadline and it just does not happen. Um, and plus in college, speaking to your professors or setting up meetings is done through email. So they need to be diligent. They need to be checking at least once a day um, because that's going to, you know, flow over into college courses and everything. So sounds kind of easy, but it really isn't when we have students coming to us and they miss something and we're like, well, we sent you that via email. Yeah. Oh, I didn't read it. Sure. Professors aren't yeah. going to go for that. So yeah. yeah. So be diligent with it. Let's uh, I know we're, we're winding down on time here. I want to touch on a few other things uh, before we uh, close out. And I have a lot of counselors that listen to the podcast. So I'll get, uh, you know, I'll get messages from counselors and counselors who share, you know, the, the episodes uh, through their social media channels, whatever. And I'll, I'll read some of the comments and different things there. But, you know, as I travel to high schools, I mean, obviously you're one of the larger high schools that I go to. Um, but, you know, I go to a lot of really small high schools as well. And and some of these counselors, they, they really do have an enormous, uh, just, you know, variation in responsibilities. I mean, they may be supporting elementary all the way through high school. It's, you know, some, some of these, uh, I don't know how they cover all of the different areas. So my, here's my question. What would you say to the small school counselor who listens to this, who's trying to do everything and, you know, says, man, I, I just can't focus on that college and career. What do you say to her and how do you encourage her? What what would you, any thoughts you would have that we could share? Yeah. First of all, you know, I just want to commend every school counselor who is in that position. I do not envy that at all. Um, we realize that we're very fortunate at Union that we get to focus just on college and career readiness. And so I think, you know, counselors have to be gracious with themselves and know that they can't do it all. And I hate that there are school administrations that think that the counselor should be able to do it all um, or hasn't, haven't chosen to prioritize um, the school counselors and um, in terms of funding and funding new positions. And I, I realize that's not an easy thing to do because sure. we're in Oklahoma and money can be scarce in education. But um, yeah, major props to every school counselor out there who is spread super thin and trying to do all of the things. Um, a couple of things that sort of come to mind, and I realize that maybe this at first sounds like just adding another thing to their plate, um, but I think if they can, number one, utilize your college reps, utilize um, admissions counselors, um, utilize people in the community. Um, you don't necessarily have to be the expert on everything, but if you can find the people who are, 
um, a lot of people want to help and they're just waiting to be asked, whether that's, you know, maybe a local church or, like I said, a local college admissions counselor who, you know, really wants yes. to help students and they yep. just need a place and a way to do that. And so, you know, don't feel the pressure to have to do it all yourself. Just use the resources that you have and the people that you have around you. Um, also teachers, and I know teachers are also spread very thin, but um, we found at the high school that teachers actually get pretty excited when you give them an opportunity to be part of helping students prepare for life after high school, because that's what teachers are all about, right? Is we're not sure, educating them great. just because we want them to know more about U.S. history. We're educating them because we want them to be successful long-term um, and learn really both the content and the skills um, that they need for, for long-term success in life. And so I think teachers are really excited about finding ways to connect their learning in the classroom um, and to be a part of that long-term trajectory of a student's path. And so, um, you know, I think just even having conversations with teachers about you know, how can we connect learning to post-secondary college and career readiness? Um, you know, we have teachers who do projects, not because we've asked them to do it, but they're doing things like making students go research colleges and finding out about tuition and, you know, overall cost and, you know, what are some important things about the university? We have other teachers who, you know, have students practice job skills and, all of our English department senior year does a mock interview thing, um, mock interview yes. event where students get to interview with community volunteers just as a way to practice those skills. Love it. Um, and that's something our, our English department came up with on their own. Um, so again, that I realize that might sound like one more thing to do on their plate, but I think if they group up with other teachers, I think teachers would get on board for the most part, not always. There are some that are just stretched too thin, but for the most part, teachers love stuff like this. So that is great. It's an well, easy sell once I'm, you get the right people. I'm I'm probably revealing something a little bit too early here, but uh, uh, I'm I'm developing an online academy and uh, just for some of my uh, ACT prep and and college stuff. But one of the uh, free courses, the actually the first free course that I'm putting out there, is uh, a free course on interviewing and how to do interviews. So um, awesome. that's uh, it, it, people people have to learn how to do that. And if you haven't done it before and you haven't practiced, you don't really know, you just don't know. So I did a podcast episode on that, how to win in the interview. That was, I think, episode 15, how to lose in the interview, episode 16. And so uh, on uh, on my uh, academy side, it's going to be a free course for everyone that you'll be able to watch and, awesome. and learn on interviews. So let's, uh, let's go to, uh, I've got two more listed here that I'd love to get before we run out of time. But uh, I'm a big proponent of students going to their tech centers and to tech school. There's just so many great jobs out there. Why don't more students consider tech schools? You know, I think at one point in the history of education, the big push was you have to go to college. You have to go to college to make this certain amount of money, to be successful, to have the you know, house with the white picket fence and all of yes. those things. Um, and at one point that possibly was true. But if you look at um, stats and things now, you can see that a lot of the uh, tech positions like your plumbers and your carpenters, that 
group of people, that age group is getting ready to retire and we don't have enough students to fill those positions. You know, here um, in Tulsa, we are fortunate enough to have Tulsa Tech and that's introduced to our students um, basically seventh and eighth grade. And in high school, during their 11th and 12th grade year, they can choose a program, um, a half-day program, and, you know, learn a hands-on skill. And through those skills, we've had many students who pick up a job making very nice money right out of high school. So it's not necessarily about we push college, college, college. We push what you feel the best as your career for the future, whether that is going to a traditional college or going to tech. Um, So I think that a lot of that has to deal with just the history of how our world evolved with what was deemed as important. And so it's kind of like we're coming full circle now where we see that those tech type positions are extremely important. Um, And I'll have to say here at Union, we have have quite a good number of students who are in those tech programs at Tulsa Tech. Fantastic. That is great. Well, let's, let's go uh, one more here uh, while we have a few minutes. Um, I have a lot of homeschool parents who listen, and I know you guys uh, do, uh, you know, have some interactions with the homeschool community and trying to test and and different things and resources. What do you? What would you say if you had any advice for homeschool parents um, based on your experiences? Uh, any suggestions? Any any uh, tips you might give uh, for the homeschool community? One thing that I would say, and it kind of goes back to um, the question that you ask about you know, counselors needing help and what they can do. Um, Homeschool parents also need to reach out. Uh, I'm pretty sure that, you know, every homeschool parent knows someone who is a brick and mortar teacher or a brick and mortar counselor, or they might have connections through, you know, their local church, but they also need to reach out and utilize those sources because, you know, no matter if you're homeschooled or you go to private school or you go to public school or you're virtual, um, we're all about educating students. And the sooner we can learn that we all need to work together because these are the people we are pushing out into the world that will take care of us, uh, the older we get, we want the best out there and we want them to have the best education possible. And for some that is homeschool and for some that's public school or private. Um, but utilizing the sources around you is the best advice that I can give. Outstanding. Well, that's great. Before we give our final thoughts, uh, something I like to do on these when I bring on guests is talk about what we're reading and, uh, you know, we know people who read win. And so uh, I'd love for you ladies to share possibly what you're reading right now, maybe uh, what you have read that you really loved recently, or just if you have a, a book recommendation, why it was great or impacted you, I'd love to hear what that might be. So whichever one of you would like to start, tell us what you're reading. 
So I always have like a stack of books going. So I'm sitting here exactly. thinking, oh, which one do I choose? Um, in terms of work-related reading, right now I'm going through College Essay Essentials by Ethan Sawyer. Just talks about college essays. He's the college essay guy. And it's a really excellent guide in case somebody needs something like that. On a personal side, um, I've got a couple of things going, um, one of which is a book called Heretics for Armchair Theologians, which Shanda's <laughs> laughing at me because I'm kind of a I love it. nerd, and especially when it comes to theology. And I I like church history, and I like... Um, I think heresy is really fascinating, which sounds like such a dumb thing to say. It's a good book. It breaks it down and makes it easy to understand whether you've had a theological nice. background or not. And it's by um, a guy, Justo Gonzalez, who I really like his church history material. He wrote one of the textbooks I used in college. And so um, that is what I'm reading, along with, I think it's called iGen. It talks about the iGen generation technology and stuff like that. And the Broken Way by Ann Voskamp, and a couple oh, yeah. of others. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, on the uh, whole uh, theology side, um, I read a lot of Eric Metaxas. I don't know if you're familiar with Eric Metaxas, uh, his book Bonhoeffer, uh, and Amazing Grace on William Wilberforce was amazing. But uh, I recently finished his book Martin Luther, and it is amazing uh, when you read some of the history of uh, how the church went awry. And uh, that book is fantastic. So anyway, okay, those are those are really good. I and it, what I'll do, I'll also, as I said earlier, I'm going to add these in the show notes. So um, I'll get those books listed, and then um, if anyone's interested, they can click on those links and be able to check those out. All right, Shanda, what do you, what do you got? Yeah, um, unlike Emily, I am not reading work related stuff. Uh, a side note, I am I will be finishing up my master's in educational leadership this semester, Yay. this Here fall semester. Go. So my life since last August has been about school law and nice. finance and all of those things. So on this two week break, I have had time to go through some of my stacks and read some things that I really wanted to. Um, and so right now I am reading Be the Bridge by Latasha Morrison um, nice. in light of all the um, turmoil that's going on in the world. Um, I am trying to educate myself to figure out why things are the way they are with the way people think. And Latasha Morrison gives a really good Christian-based perspective um, about race relations. Um, so I am reading that along with one of my church members um, so we can discuss it and hopefully uh, be able to present it as a class for um, the spring at our church. So Love I've been reading Timely. quite a few things on race relations and all of that. So it's been interesting. That is so timely. Yeah, that's wow. That that's fantastic. Well, uh, I guess I will share with you what I'm reading, and you are going to probably get a chuckle out of this, but it's okay. Um, I am reading the Family Garden Plan by Melissa K. Norris from the Homesteading Today podcast. Um, it's how you grow a year's worth of food of sustainable and healthy food. And so, anyway, uh, that, we that's, we recently that's awesome. Well. We recently moved and actually. 
Yeah. And you, you ladies know a lot of my story. I mean, I have eight kids. And so, um, you know, we, we recently moved and, and bought a farm. And so, uh, I say a farm I mean, we bought 20 acres. And so we, uh, we put an orchard in and a, a berry orchard and which I cannot keep the deer off of it. It's just ridiculous. The deer just annihilated my 150 oh, yeah. strawberry plants two days ago. And anyway, but, uh, um, so I'm trying to learn though, how to, you know, grow more of my own food, our own food and, and try to do it the right way and eat healthy. And, uh, as I've, I, I don't know that I've ever shared on the podcast, I think you ladies know, but, uh, I, I have multiple sclerosis. Maybe I've shared that before on the podcast, but, uh, uh, and so I'm, I'm just looking at ways to get healthier and eat healthier and, yeah. uh, see, you know, what I can do to, you know, prolong the, the health that God has still granted me. And so anyway, I love, uh, I love Melissa K Norris's podcast and her teaching. So, uh, the family garden plan is the book that, uh, I'm reading through right now and really enjoying and trying to plan out how we can feed all these kids around here because life is kind of crazy. So, all right. Well, any final thoughts that you would like to give to close out the episode? I would love for you to. So Emily, Shanda, either one, any final thoughts you want to give before we call it? One thing, um, especially in light of COVID-19 is students and parents need to be patient and be understanding and know that we are all in this together and we are here to serve students no matter what that looks like, whether it's face-to-face or it's virtual. Um, We've all been thrown a learning curve. Uh, So we're going through this together. This is new for everyone. So we're not going to have all of the answers. Um, So we're asking for grace and for patience and for understanding and not just for, you know, here the students um, at Union High School, but for teachers and students all over the United States, because everyone um, is being, um, you know, influenced or hit by what's going on. And the world as we know it is, you know, no longer right now. So, patience is that piece of advice and just know that we're going to make mistakes and we're just here to do what we do best and that serve students. Love it. Emily, any final thoughts? I think on a similar note, um, there's a lot of anxiety right now in our world from students about, you know, I wasn't able to do this volunteering this summer because of COVID, or I wasn't able to take the ACT as many times as I wanted because of COVID. Um, Just knowing that everyone's in the same boat right now. And so don't let that be such a source of stress or anxiety because colleges understand that, um, you know, admissions committees understand that students' transcripts and applications are going to look different and not just this year, but for several years down the road because, you know, COVID has impacted summer plans for everybody this year. And so even our our freshmen, um, those applications will look different. And so just keep in mind that they're very aware. And so it doesn't need to be such a source of of stress. Um, And I think to, you know, keeping the big picture in mind is important for students and parents. Um, When it comes to college, if a student wants to be successful, um, you're going to do well wherever you end up. Um, 
you know, you're going to succeed and flourish if you have developed those skills and the desire to learn, whether you go to a state school here in Oklahoma or you go to a selective school somewhere across the country um, and just kind of trusting the process and, and trusting that wherever you end up, you can find really great opportunities. And so you don't necessarily have to find the one right school that's going to set you on the path to success for the rest of your life. Um, it's more about who you become when you're at whatever school you end up at. And, and yes, some schools are maybe more advantageous for certain fields of study than others, but in general, like it's, it's not the biggest decision in the world, right? There are other things that, um, factor into who you become and the opportunities that you have. And so I think just taking some of the pressure off, I think we have a pretty pressured pressured society and teenagers are under a lot of pressure. Um, and just knowing you're, you're going to be awesome. You're going to be great. You're going to flourish wherever you go. Um, so just find, find the right choice for you at this time and and go for it, you know, and make the most of it. What a wealth of information this episode has been. I, I know that the listeners, uh, you know, are like, wow, they covered a lot of stuff. And, and, uh, it, for the listeners, I've been doing workshops at union high school for a long time. And boy, if you, if you saw their facilities, it's, it's just fabulous. The college career center is incredible. And when you walk in there, uh, one thing that makes it special is Emily, uh, Shanda and the staff, they'll, they'll smile at you. It's a happy, you, you can tell there's uh, there's some joy there. They love what they do. And hopefully that showed through the interview. And so ladies, I just appreciate you. And I appreciate you having me out. I'm, I'm looking forward to coming back. Hopefully everything's going to be open to where we can. I think that's already on the schedule. If I, if I saw right, I should have checked before we uh, got to this point, but it's one of the, I think it's maybe the only evening class that I give. And, uh, um, and so it's one that certainly people could come by and visit. And, uh, if a parent drops a student off, come say hello. I would love to say hello and, uh, come introduce yourself to Emily and Shanda. That would be Awesome. So ladies, thank you again for joining the podcast. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. You could tell Emily and Shanda are great ladies who love to help students and parents. And I I love their heart. Uh, I love that they, they're just servant leaders. And when you go to Tulsa Union High School and you walk into that college career center, you sense it. Uh, You see it on their faces and the smiles and Uh, People know that uh, these ladies care, and it's not just uh, at the high school, but uh, people who call and people that don't even go to the high school uh, sense it as well. And so uh, they did ask me uh, at the end, after we stopped recording, they asked me to make sure that I say at the end of this episode that everyone's welcome to come to that workshop at Tulsa Union High School, and they have their registration up, and I have that in the show notes Uh, for you where you can register, but feel free to get on there and register to attend that workshop. And it's $30 a student to attend, uh, again, at Tulsa Union High School and the College Career Center. Uh, They have a huge facility there. There'll be plenty of room uh, for everyone who wants to attend, but I definitely hope that you'll come. And and, and by the way, if, if you're a parent, Parents are always welcome to attend the workshop for free um, with your paid students. So you can certainly uh, come and join us. And if you do come to the workshop there, um, it'd be great for you to get to ask questions to Emily and Shanda as well. 
and ask questions to me. And if, if you heard about it through the podcast, come up and tell me that at the workshop. I would love to know uh, that's how you found out about that class and that's why you're there. That is September 29th at Union High School and that starts at 4.30 p.m. Central if you're driving from way far away. And I know that sounds kind of crazy, but uh, I've had students drive an enormous distance to come to my workshop. Now, I will be at Western Oklahoma State College in Altus, Oklahoma on August 31st at uh, 8 a.m. to teach the first student workshop in-person workshop I've given since March. And I am so excited that we're going to get this started. And so you can go on my website, chadcargo.com. Specifically, just go to calendar.chadcargo.com. And you'll see all the classes posted there. And that will be changing continuously. We'll be updating that as classes are added. A lot of schools are waiting to see, uh, you know, with the whole COVID stuff. So just keep an eye on that. And you'll be able to see all my classes. But I cannot wait to go down to Western. I've been going down there for many years. Uh, Chad Wington, he runs the school there and just does an outstanding job. And uh, so I love the the folks of Southwest Oklahoma. And getting to go to the class there uh, is always a treat. So that'll be the first time that you can find me. And, you know, I, I don't have many classes before that September National ACT test coming up September the 12th. So if you... Um, if you want to get into a class, uh, you've only got a few slots there, and then it'll open up a little more before that October test, but uh, hopefully you can get in to that workshop. Now, as I said last week, the mastermind groups are open. It's a limited enrollment, and uh, you know, uh, I wish I could make that available for everyone. I mean, certainly I don't have a lot of time with eight kids and traveling all the time. And so, you know, we've had to limit it, but there are a limited number of spaces and it will close. Those are hard uh, limits. And so it will close after that. And then um, you can get on a wait list uh, if you want to be added, if a space comes open. But there are groups for parents of high school seniors, uh, parents of high school juniors, and parents of freshmen, sophomores. That group is combined. But uh, it's just a great way that we can work together. And uh, look, it, you know, it's important that you're leaning on the resources of your high school counselor, your teachers, uh, those college reps, as Emily and Shanda discussed in the episode. Uh, man, they've got so many resources. I, this mastermind group stuff is certainly not to replace any of that, but merely as a supplement. Some people uh, desire uh, for extra help. Some people uh, really uh, desire for me to help and uh, I'm willing to do that. And so that's uh, the method that I'm using. And if that's something you're interested in, uh, I'd love for you to be a part of it. And it's a way that we can all encourage each other and help each other uh, through the process. So anyway, you can find all that on my website. Again, chatcargo.com. Uh, the uh, uh, mastermind groups are through my online academy, academy.chadcargill.com. And that is something that will be developing uh, as we go. And I kind of opened up the, the uh, reveal there and talked about the first free class that I am putting together on interviewing for scholarships and jobs and clubs. So I'll have a free course coming out on interviewing, but I'm still a ways away from releasing that course. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I've got a whole line of podcast episodes coming and I'm really excited about some of these uh, in the in the near future and just really excited about the school year starting so anyway I know this is a little bit long episode but I hope you enjoyed it and uh, I'll be back next week to talk to you again so until then 
You guys have a great start to the school year, and I will talk to you soon.